When we think of this narrative, this parable, we realize that the unjust steward, as he is referred to, was in a bad situation. He was in a precarious predicament because he had stolen from his master. He had mismanaged the money. He had failed to do his job. And it's one thing when things aren't working and you are trying behind the scenes to get ends to meet. When things aren't coming out right and while nobody knows, you are doing what you can to juggle everything to make it work. Nobody knows the stress you're under trying to keep appearances looking good when everything is going bad. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you have been trying to juggle and balance what's on your left and on your right, and even though it does not seem like you are able to, to pull things out, somehow nobody notices. But the position this man found himself in is that the light had begun to shine. And all that was in secret, all that was in darkness, was now coming out. And the Bible says that there it was that the owner, the, 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 the Lord, the, the ruler, found out that his servant, his worker, his manager, the person he entrusted to take care of his wealth, had been doing him wrong. And it's one thing to do somebody wrong, it's another thing to mess with their money. And so the Bible says that he was going to be called into account. The axe was about to fall. Now at this point, it would be easy to understand if the parable simply ended right then and there with the next set of words he ran. Somebody didn't get that. He skipped town. He hid. He quit. You see, it's easy when everything is going to be falling apart to get out of Dodge. But there's something in this parable that Jesus told that I believe is essential for us to understand and apply whether we are talking about our work as deacons or whether we are talking about our responsibilities as human beings, whether we are in a world where we seem to have everything together or we are struggling just to get by. There is something about this story that Jesus tells that helps us to understand what it is that God is looking for from his people in the way that they live. So much so that it is acknowledged that the man who himself was being robbed, who was being stolen from, commends the, the unjust steward when he finds out that he's robbing him even more. I, I mean, it's, it's one thing to have somebody come and mess up and, and take your money. And then when he knows that you know, he goes and intentionally does it even more. I wish somebody was with me today. At that point, you are not trying to be nice. At that point, you, you lay down your Christianity. Because it's one thing to disrespect me, but it's another thing when you're going to disrespect me right in my face when I know what you've been doing. 
fighting words. <laughs> but if we look at the story, the Bible says, but the man looked at him and said, children of darkness, they are wiser than the children of light. I'll be honest with you. This story has been one of Jesus' parables that has always kind of baffled me. Somehow it's hard to get past the imagery of a man who is stealing and robbing and failing and falling short, being commended as being wiser than the children of light. But I dare to suggest today if we can grab on to the principle of living and not just uh, absorb it intellectually, but realize that it is to be a, a path or a means of living. I'm not talking about the stealing. Don't, don't let anybody walk out of this church and talk about, pastor says I could go rob my boss. <laughs> I'm stating it and it's on camera. So it's recorded, I am not authorizing any illegal activities in this place. What I am authorizing you to do is to grab hold of a principle that will allow you to transcend the challenges of life and to live in a better and a different way. For you see, if this man was an ordinary man, when the going got tough, when he was about to be called out, he would have ran, he would have quit, he would have disappeared, he would have tried to find everything he can do. Maybe he would have begged and pleaded, maybe he would have cried out for mercy, maybe he would have lied and said, it wasn't me, it was him. But he didn't do that. First of all, he owned up to the fact that he didn't have it all together. He owned up to the fact that even though he was trying to be perfect, even though he was trying to do something that, that appeared like everybody would, would be appreciative of what he was doing, ultimately, he fell short. But he owned it, and now, using what he knew to do best, he went and called others in, and he had them set up their account in their favor. Now the Bible says he did this with the reason of that he would be able to have a, an eternal place, a place where he could go and rest his head when he was kicked out. Because at least if my boss is going to fire me, and I don't have the strength to work, and I don't have any other skills, at least somebody's going to be nice enough to let me stay on their couch. And so he said about enacting and, 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 and putting his plan into motion. And so we realize that he set a, a, a precedent that we should apply into our lives, which is that we don't allow failings, shortcomings, even our mistakes, our mess-ups, whether accidentally or intentionally, to keep us out of the race. You see, when we talk about living for God, we've got to realize that everything we have has been entrusted to us by God. You see, it's easy to look at this man and see him as a criminal. But each and every one of us are stewards of God. Every single one of us has been given some kind of gift by God. And let's be honest. We've mismanaged it. Every single one of us. You see, you see, when I was just talking about a common criminal, 
You know, maybe committing some white-collar crime, it was easy to disassociate yourself. But, but what Jesus is telling you and I is that, listen, there is nothing on this planet you have that was from you. I spoke it and it was. I allowed you to use it. I gave you gifts. I gave you talents. And what did you do? You lied. You stealed. You messed up. You didn't use it right. You wasted it. You squandered it. You are the unjust steward. I am the unjust steward. Now, if we leave the story there, we would give up. We would quit. We would just continue in the mess that we are in. Because sometimes it's easy just to live in the confusion and the drama that we already have, and we don't try to make things different. But this man adopted a principle that he was not going to allow situations, circumstances, and even failings to stop him from going ahead and continuing with life. You see, we don't have to settle for being defined by shortcomings, failures, mistakes, or anything of that nature. What God says is you've got to find a way to stay in the race. You see, that's where he is wiser than the children of light. Because sometimes it's easy to come to church and sit down with our pity stories. It's easy to come and to have a sob story and, and to pray about it, but never act in faith on it. But this man said, I'm going to do something to make sure I've got a place to lay my head. Well, we've got to understand that what we are fighting for is not a place to lay our head at night. It's not a, a soft mattress, but we are fighting for eternity. We are fighting to be able to walk on those streets of gold. We are fighting to be able to be reunited with loved ones. We are, are fighting to be able to receive the fullness of the blessing God has for us. And so we can't quit when the going gets tough. Because you see, there is a principle. No matter where you have fallen short or what life has taken from you, use what you've got and do something with it. If they took half your sandwich... Use what you've got and do something with it. You see, sometimes we are so busy sitting and looking at what we've lost that we don't take the time to use what we have left. Now, this man was about to lose everything and possibly even his freedom. But instead of looking at what he didn't have or what he was going to lose or what was going to be taken from him, he said, what do I have left? I've got a couple of hours before I get fired. <laughs> I've got a couple of hours before the police come for me. I've got a little bit of time and I've got a phone. <laughs> so let me call the, 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 other, the other people who owe the master. And let me curry favor with them. You see, he used what he had to open up opportunities for himself. Why is this important? Because what we've got to realize is even though every single one of us fell short in God's eyes, 
the Bible says that God has given us something that allows for us to be able to create a space in eternity. And the question is, are we using what we've got? Or are we simply letting life pass us by, talking about what was, what used to be, what could have been, what might have been, what should have been, instead of saying, I can. You know, sometimes I I get tired. I get tired of hearing all the things I can't do. I get hearing, tired of hearing all the things that you'll never be able to do. But if we remember the God we serve, last week we talked about uh, the God who gives us grace. You see, if we realize the God in whom we serve, He is the God who gave us what we had initially, and He is the God who can speak it back into existence. And so what happens is many of us are letting life pass us by when God is saying, use what I've given you and what you've got left. And so sometimes we spend so much time focusing on the impossibility that we never take the step of faith that allows us to access God's resources. This man accessed Resources that were not his own, and he made a place. But what resources are we accessing now? What are we doing with what we've got? I I was reading about the founder of the Salvation Army, General Booth. And he was known for his commitment to service. And there came a point in life, and his son recounts it, when he was given the news that his father, who had gone blind, that there was nothing the doctors could do to reverse it. He was hoping, and the family was hoping, that whatever blindness had afflicted him was temporary. It was something that would pass or something that would reverse. When we go to the doctor, there's a a hopefulness that something would change. But when they come with the news that there is nothing else they could do, there is nothing that will reverse your condition, it is oftentimes when we are called now to dig into something deeper. And so instead of looking at all that he lost, his son tried to encourage him. His father responded very simply, Well, for all these years, I've served God with my eyes. But now, for the next set of years, I will serve him without seeing. He did not allow whatever was in front of him to stop him. It just meant he would need to tap in to a new set of resources to do what it is that God called him to do. You see, the power of being able to live transcendently is being able to go with the flow. Of being able to realize that even though something might have been taken from us, God has the ability to restore something new to us. 